You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here from Locked On Nationals podcast. Today is April 14th. 2021 and on the show today, Matt Weirich of NBC Sports Washington joins me. We discuss the Nationals' two games in the back end of their series with the Cardinals, the 14-3 loss, and their 6-0 win today that gave them their first series win of the year. We break it all down on today's show. Hello everybody, Josh Neighbors here from Locked On Nationals podcast. Joining me today, it is Matt Weirich of NBC Sports Washington to discuss the last two games of the uh, Washington Nationals-St. Louis Cardinals series. Now, Matt, first series win of the year for the Nats. Does not feel like it, but we, you know, we'll hit that in a second, kind of be positive about it. Um, the two final games, 14-3 loss, then a 6-0 win today, which a whole lot of positives, and we'll get to it. But first, the big news was Steven Strasburg from the outset looked um his stuff looked sluggish he looked sluggish it looked like he was fighting his, his own mechanics it looked like he was fighting maybe an injury um he was upset with a moment where the dugout they captured him kind of you know feeling his arm uh, a touch and i think a lot of people were curious why he wasn't pulled a bit sooner even if there's an injury or not because it was clearly not not going his way uh, what were your initial thoughts just as you were watching last night I think as I was watching, it was definitely a question of why is he still in this game? Uh, it was clear he didn't have it. You know, the fastball velocity was down a couple of ticks and he, he was walking guys. He was giving up big home runs over the middle of the plate. It was just clear that he didn't have it. Uh, and you were wondering, you know, does, does Davey really need innings that bad? Uh, you know, to the point of, you know, he's keeping him in long this long. Um, but as, as we got to, to after the game and we're able to talk to Davey and, and talk to Strauss, you know, Davey was, was pretty adamant, you know, he's Steven Strasburg and at, at entering the fifth inning, the Nationals were down five to one. Uh, and they, he felt that they were in the best position to win with Steven Strasburg on the mound going into that inning, regardless of how he'd been pitching, uh, going into, into the, the frame there. So, uh, the, the velocity was down. Strasburg talked about it. He said that he was you know, holding back a little bit on his pitches, wasn't locating the fastball well. So in an effort to get some better location, he was kind of holding back, you know, deliberately not throwing as hard as he could uh, just to get some better location. Clearly, that wasn't really helping him a whole lot uh, as, as the results showed. But um, overall, it, it was it was weird to see him, him out there. But, you know, Davey is a guy who who believes in his players. He's, he's always been very adamant about that. Uh, and, and even to a fault sometimes, I think, you know, he, he, he's willing to stick with his guys and that's exactly what he did with Strasburg. Interestingly enough, he actually throws three more pitches in the game last night than he did in the first game of the season, right? Where he looked great and was, was cruising in that game. Um, so there's a, you know, there's so much speculation that you could have about this, but I will say that from an injury standpoint, you know, when you're feeling around the arm, when there's like video of you feeling around the arm, that is concerning. The other thing too is I would think the mentality of somebody like Steven Strasburg, who we know is super competitive. I mean, getting back to this point and being able to go has been such a huge thing for him. And he clearly just, I mean, even from spring training, you know, you could just tell how ready he was to be there. I could see, I'm not saying, once again, I'm not saying 
this is what's happening. I could totally see a situation where a guy who's that competitive uh, holds something like that back. As somebody who follows a lot of combat sports, you see it all the time. Guys get a significant injury in their training camp up to a fight. They fight with it. They say afterwards, hey, this is the problem. Uh, not as an excuse, but just saying, like, you know, they, just, they were so locked in and they wanted to do it. And I could see that being a possibility because either one of two things was happening. He was going through it in a way that I'm not sure I've seen him go through it before, or there's something go- wrong physically right now for him. I don't know if there's a third option. I mean, tell me if tell me if I'm wrong there, but I don't really see anything else, especially coming off a performance that was so good a couple of days ago. Well, what he described it as is he's still getting used to pitching every five days. You know, he, he had that extended layoff going into his first start of the season because the Nationals start of the year was delayed. Uh, so he had that rest. And, you know, for some pitchers like like Scherzer, that could actually be detrimental. You know, he's a guy who settled into his routine uh, and he showed some obvious rust in that first start, gave up a home run on the first right. pitch, gave up four solo homers in that first start. You know, we saw Scherzer have that rust. There was no rust for Strasburg because he was well rested. He was ready right. to go. Uh, and he, he was able to, to, you know, fully healthily make that start. And not to say that he wasn't healthy in this last game, but he now is having to, you know, pick up where his body left off. We're having only four days off, five days off, whatever it was in between appearances. And he, he just didn't have it as, as, as he put it. Uh, and it was still kind of having to get used to, to that routine. Uh, he's a guy who has dealt with a lot of injuries in the past and, and, a lot of things that haven't crept up on the injury report, he's also dealt with as well. And he, he's talked about it, how, you know, during a start, he'll deal with something uh, that he wouldn't necessarily call an injury, but it's bothering him. And they, and they talked about this on the broadcast as well uh, in today's game. There's a difference between having an injury and, and dealing with something in the middle of a start. You know, that happens all the time. Uh, we actually heard from, from uh, Strasburg during spring training, you know, he ruptured something in his calf. Uh, and was feeling it during game, but it, it didn't actually matter. It was something that he apparently doesn't use and he's able to pitch through, which is super weird, but I, I guess I'm not a doctor. Um, but, you know, he, he's, he's had calf issues before. Uh, he's had neck and shoulder issues before. Uh, and he's obviously had elbow issues before. And they're, they're all things that, you know, he has gone into the back tunnel uh, and massaged and came back out and did just fine with them. This was an instance where he was pitching poorly and it was happening. Uh, but he doesn't attribute the velocity to the shoulder, neck, anything at all. He, he just attributes it to not you know, throwing as hard as he could just to get that better location. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market right now. Built Bar is amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, an amazing tasting protein bar covered in 100% chocolate. Uh, you guys right now go to bar underscore built on Twitter, figure out who won their Built Bar Madness. And when you guys go to builtbar.com, use that promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, and you guys will get 15% off on your next order right now at builtbar.com. Once again, LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Yeah, so, you know, there's it feels like a situation that was probably managed pretty poorly on all parts. Like, I, I, I think Martinez has to say, you know, you have to realize as a manager how many times is the guy going to there are times the guy says, I'm done. I'm, you know, it, no, it's not happening. But for a guy like that, who hasn't pitched that much, the answer is going to be <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's good. We, I, it's, you know, I'm working through it. Now to what your point, Max Scherzer has talked about pitching through pain as in it's a good thing, right? It's just, it's your body acclimating to that situation. Once again, throwing is an unnatural motion. I think a lot of people forget that you know, your, your arm is actually not supposed to meant throw overhand. This is why softball pitchers can pitch a bunch of games underhand. Baseball pitchers have to wait when they throw overhand. Right. So 
I think there is a certain element of that as well, too. You know, it could just be a guy trying to go through it and Davey trying to give him the chance to go through it. But usually he, you figure stuff out as you go along, especially pitchers that good. He was deteriorating like rapidly throughout that game. I mean, it, the, the control was bad. The body language was worse. And so I think there's a certain point where it's, I mean, you're not doing a whole lot of good, in my opinion. That was, I, I feel like you and I are kind of the same point with, you know, I get it, but you're not doing him any favors. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I don't want to say it's a pride thing, but it's, it's, I guess, just a, an undeniable belief in himself and for Davey, an undeniable belief in his player uh, that, that he'll figure it out. Uh, And and he's a guy who's done it before. And, you know, you're not, you don't want to be the guy to, to, to doubt the $245 million man from being able to figure out, uh, you know, how to, to weather a poor start, but you're right. It was absolutely clear that he was struggling with multiple pitches, uh, he, he said after the game, he really only felt like his changeup was the, the only pitch that was working. Everything else was just kind of all over the place. Uh, and, and, you know, he's not a guy who depends on his fastball as much anymore uh, as, you know, especially with his velocity having gone down in recent seasons, he's had to be a location pitcher. And, and to his credit, he's been a very good location pitcher. Uh, and I think his changeup has actually been one of the best in the game. It used to be his, his curveball was his best off pitch. I, I think it's actually his changeup now. Uh, but it, it only works when he's, he's putting his fastball where he wants it to be. He's got his other off-speed pitches, you know, keeping hitters honest. And he just wasn't able to do that. And, you know, when you're only really relying on one off pitch, you know, people are going to be able to hit it because they're going to know it's coming. Uh, so for, for Strasburg, it was it was a concerning start, but it was also coming off of the heels of a very good one. You, you have to feel like you, you can't be too worried, in my opinion, right. about, you know, him this year. Uh, it's too early to tell. This is his only a second start, uh, basically in the past two years, uh, with, with him having, you know, not being able to go deep in either of his two starts last year before being shut down for good. Uh, so moving forward, I think the nationals aren't worried. Strasburg isn't worried and, and I wouldn't be too worried either. Let's move on to today's game. Six, nothing went over the Cardinals. Nats get their first series win of the year. They get to three and six starting to get the full team back. Um, Joe Ross, speaking of guys who figured it out, Joe Ross, I guess the year off is just, you know, so far it's been great. And I want to preface it by saying this, you know, even on this podcast, I had a lot of questions about that because obviously guys have their own reasons for it. But you had to wonder last year what would have been an opportunity for other guys to go and grab that those spots in the rotation, right? And, you know, if, if Joe Ross came back, they said, they might say, hey, we don't really need you. You know, if things worked out for guys like Fetty and Voth last year and, and, and even Will Crow, they did not. And Joe Ross came back with an opportunity to be in the rotation, was good, good enough in spring training. And he's put up two really good outings against the Dodgers and the Cardinals. I mean, two teams that, you know, are, are division favorites uh, heading into the season. And pitching with confidence, I like the way, you know, uh, fastball's got good movement. You know, I think he is locating well. I mean, I've, I've just been really impressed with how he just seems very comfortable, seems at home, even ripped a base knock today on a ball that was at his head. Um, you know, he was swinging at that pitch. So, yeah, he just seems really dialed in and confident and focused uh, in this new role. Yeah, I mean, the, the way we're seeing it right now, it doesn't look like he's given up that rotation spot anytime soon. I've been really impressed with him. I mean, it's hard not to be, you know, the, the strikeout numbers aren't anything crazy, no. but, you know, he, he's generating weak contact, getting ground ball outs, you know, no, nothing too loud uh, in terms of, of balls being hit to the warning track or anything like that. It doesn't feel fluky, 
you know, the way that he hasn't allowed a, a run to this point. He's one of only four pitchers in baseball right now who pitched at least 10 innings and not allowed a run yet. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's right there, you know, a sign that, that he's in rare company uh, to start the year. And, and you've got to be feeling good. I mean, the Nationals, with what they saw out of Strasburg last night uh, and, and what they you know saw out of Corbin in his first start, they may need him to be, you know, a dependable guy. And the, the Nationals have looked at this number five spot has been a, a competition going into the year every year for the past mm-hmm. like five seasons. I mean, it, they've never been able to find a guy who can take that spot and really run away with it. The last one being Tanner Roark, you know, who, right. who's been long gone. Uh, so if, if Ross can step up and be that guy, that's going to be huge for this rotation uh, to help give them that stability that they really lacked last year. Uh, and that just kind of, you know, from one start to the next, when one guy struggles and then the next guy struggles, it just starts to compound. Uh, and you need somebody who can be a stopper, somebody who can, uh, you know, help calm things down. And that's going to happen, you know, from time to time. And with Ross, which he's done it to this point, you know, he's been that stopper, even, even when Scherzer wasn't uh, at his best. So it's going to be interesting to see, uh, if he can continue to do this, uh, it's also interesting to see how deep the Nationals let him go into games. He's a guy who's traditionally right. struggled against the lineup the third time through. He did not pitch last year, and the year before that was his first full season back from Tommy John surgery. So, you know, I, I don't expect the Nationals to have him be a 200-inning pitcher uh, this year. They're, they're going to need to limit his innings at some point, whether that's by skipping the start, whether that's by piggybacking Fetty or Voth off of him. Uh, for, for certain starts, things like that. I, I don't know what they're going to do, but uh, it, it's kind of hard to pull him right now with the way he's been pitching. Uh, if he continues to, to ramp up and continues to pitch the way he has, you know, he, he's going to make a push to, to be, you know, that six, seven inning starter. One more pause for the cause on today's show. Today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag, guys. Football and basketball season are over, well, at least in the college ranks they are. Uh, but there's still plenty of action available, whether it be NHL, MLB, NBA, uh, NFL draft, NBA draft. All of those things are available at betonline.ag. And even awards television shows, reality television shows, they've got it all there at BetOnline right now. So you guys go to betonline.ag, use the promo code Locked On. that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, and you will receive a 50% bonus Upon your first deposit, so if you deposit 100, they will give you an extra 50 to play with there at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Right, and, and can they get in there to that third time through? I mean, um, District on Deck, those guys sent me a stat the other day about his numbers. I mean, the third time through the order, it's like 10.29 is what his ERA is. Yeah. I think something in that neighborhood. So, you know, if he keeps this up, then you, then you might want to ask the question, you, know, you kind of wonder, okay, do we, do we get a little greedy and do we ask for, you know, a, a couple more innings, right? Or, or, you know, do you say, all right, no, we're, we're good with the, the first time through the order, the second time through the order as well. Uh, the lineup, let's talk about this. So they went with what I believe was the right thing to do today to go with Turner and Soto one, two. I'm not sure they did it because uh, for that reason to get, tra- you know, or to, to, you know, it's just a better lineup. I think they went with it because they're trying to get Trey going because Trey has been in a little bit of a slump since uh, start, but it worked out today. And even though Kyle Schwarber had a really bad day today, this lineup can still be pretty fearsome. Um, they showed that. And I love the, I love the middle of the order. I love, I mean, I, I was kind of worried about Josh Harrison, uh, you know, and Starlin Castro and just saying, you know, is that, is that good enough to compete in this division? But those guys just look comfortable. Like those guys just look really comfortable. Josh, it's comfortable. Josh Harrison, man. Josh Harrison. He just looks, I mean, this guy, 
a smile on his face. It came in the middle of the season, gave him energy. He gave them a utility glove. That, you know, I don't, at the time they needed, but I, I don't think they think they need this year. It worked out for him this year. The guy's starting second baseman. He's just, you know, ripping the ball all over the place, driving and runs now. I mean, he has been um, in the, you know, as long as he's been with the team, you know, for the short period of time right now, uh, really important for them, and especially was in this game. I liked the look today. I liked the, the idea of Robles being in a lower pressure situation, having a chance to turn the lineup back over to, to Trey and Juan. That's what that's, I like that. How do you feel about how the lineup was configured today? Well, I've always been a big uh, proponent of hitting the pitcher eight. So that right there. Uh, Me too. Yes, I'm with you. Yeah. Yes, I'm with you. Uh, I love it. And uh, it's actually something that uh, not hitting the pitcher eight, but getting a speedy high OBP guy in the nine spot is actually something that uh, is very popular in softball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see a lot of times because they, they, they have like a full designated player, the right. situation there. Um, they will have, uh, you know, a pretty good hitter, somebody who might even be hitting, you know, fifth in the lineup actually hitting ninth because they want to have them in front of that leadoff hitter who tends to be a pretty good hitter. Uh, and, and the way you look at it with, with Turner, it, it makes so much sense to have Robles in the ninth spot because after the first inning, it does not matter who's first, who's second, who's third. It matters who's in front of who and who's behind who. You know, because at that point, you know, everything is just kind of where are we picking up in, right. in the middle of the order, at the back of the order, the front of the order, wherever it is. Uh, and, and more times than not, you're going to have an inning where Robles is going to be batting in front of Turner. Whoever is in the nine spot is going to be batting in front of Turner. And would you rather have it be Joe Ross or would you rather have it be Turner, be Robles, a guy who can, you know, get on base and, and possibly even get into scoring position? Because Turner's a guy who, who can, is a threat to hit for power. He's a threat to, you know, get a guy who can go first to third, you know, hit it deep enough for, for that to happen. You're not going to have that very often if you have the number nine spot being the pitcher, somebody who, you know, isn't going to be able to run the bases or even get on base at all. Uh, so I think it, it's a gr- great idea to get him ninth. Um, I, I think that he makes sense. Robles makes sense as a leadoff hitter against lefties uh, just because his splits are pretty good in that way. And, and he, he's been, I like his approach approach to the plate this year. I think I he's been a lot more patient, you know, taking his pitches. He, he, I would like to see a little bit more power. He doesn't take a lot of chances now is my thing. You know, if, if his eyes light up uh, on a pitch, you know, high and up, uh, high in and I mean, you know, he's probably going to lay off of it more so than last year when he would try and swing and, you know, every now and then you make contact and you get a, a really long home run and that could be a sweet spot. Uh, we're not seeing a whole lot of that from him, uh, but we, we are still seeing him, you know, rope singles, all, all sides of the field. Uh, you know, he's got almost had a, a double or a triple today. It was probably like six, seven inches away from yeah. getting the ball down the right field line. Uh, that would have been really nice to see. So uh, I think that, that he's really had a good approach. Uh, and if you get him in there against lefties, it gets another guy in front of Turner at the top of the order. I, I don't, I don't not like it, uh, especially since you can get guys who steal bases in front of Soto. I think that's really important. But if, if you are going to hit anybody ninth, it should be Robles. And, and I, I do think that that's a really good way of thinking. I'm with you. And on that, you know, that would have been probably a double today. Like you mentioned, love the way you shot it the opposite way. I think this, you know, I think the ninth spots and, you know, in Little League, nobody wanted to hit ninth, right? You, you saw it as a demotion. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, for him, it's a lower leverage spot because the top of the order, man, there's just with, – with that killer, with that group of killers behind you, there's such a stress for you to get on base. And, and he's been doing a pretty good job of it. The problem is he's not hitting for average, right? I mean, the guy's getting on base, but he's just not a guy consistently doing it with a bat getting on a whole bunch. And so for him right now, you know, he can be one of those, like you talked about, you know, not as high average, more on base centric guys with speed. 
that they can get on. And, and that's all you need for Turner and Soto because, you know, those guys, I mean, with the way they hit, especially like those guys can be able to drive them in. Uh, those those guys would be able to give them, give them opportunities. It was funny today with the, with the pitcher hitting eighth. Um, the bases were loaded and Joe Ross came up, and I was like, "Huh, the one time you hit the pitcher eighth, is yeah. actually not where you wanted to be." But uh, <laughs> you know, it, it still ended up being okay for them. Uh, to me, it does feel like they. I mean, they leave a lot of runners on base. It feels like still, uh, and th- part of this is they need Schwarber and Bell to get acclimated and come back. And you know, I'm not sure what you've been hearing from fans and feedback some, but you know. I think it's going to take time for those guys just to get back, like new spot, new, new city. Uh, you know, Kyle Schwarber hasn't played a game at home yet. Now there's Josh Bell, right? Those guys haven't played a game in Nats Park yet. New spot in the order, new guys, you know, that they're, they're paired up with in the order as well. Different situations. It's going to take some time for those guys to, to get there. And I think patience is probably the best thing that, you know, I would preach to Nationals fans right in, now. In so many ways. I mean, yeah patience in general with the team patience with you know having the, this delay to the season where guys were literally you know playing Kyle Schwarber was doing virtual reality swings right. in the basement to stay to stay hot uh you know it, it wasn't a situation that was conducive for maintaining MLB level timing at the plate I mean it, it it's unfortunate because you know Josh Bell was swinging the bat the bat so well in spring training yeah and you're really hoping he could just pick up right where he left off once the season began and of course, you know, he has to, to sit at home for a week before he's able to come back out. And it's, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And, and obviously the, the Nationals were without nine guys to start the year and, and they lost some games because of it because they played really good teams playing the Braves and, and the Dodgers to start right. the year. It's a bad draw. I mean, it is just it, it, was, it, is. it was about as bad luck as you could get. I mean, really? it like, is yeah. and having to go on the road to play the car. I mean, like, you know, I haven't mentioned it yet, but they deserve a lot of credit for winning this series, especially after taking an ass whipping last night. Like, First they time really since 2016, they've won a series in St. Louis. Since 20s. Oh yeah. It's true. Yeah, right. Cause in that series, yeah, the series they won. Yeah. And then 2019 was, uh, they only played two games there. Right. So, you know, yep. yeah, technically speaking, not a series. So yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of encouraging signs, but I can't stack this team up against the Phillies, the Mets, the Braves until we see, you know, I, I, I'm going to say like May, but I think like, I think you might have to wait a little while before you're seriously saying, okay, this is what the best version of the nationals go. Like they got Scherzer and it's good. Strasburg, you know, Strasburg's good to go. And they got, you know, Corbin going every, every fifth day, you know, they're, they're locked and loaded. Like I thought, I'm not sure you felt throwing Patrick Corbin the other night. I thought was not, I mean, not a great move considering what he was coming, like what he was walking into and mm. you know, what was he just getting? I mean, I think he had gotten released from quarantine. I don't know how his arm was at that point, but he, so he flew out uh, two days before his start and then pitched a bullpen the day before and told Davey he was good to go. So that was kind of his, uh, you know, it's like Strasburg was hopping over a fence and, and going to a little right. league field to throw. I mean, they were trying to stay warm, but at the end of the day, it's, it's really tough to simulate right. an MLB environment, you know, from your backyard. It just, it's just the reality of it is. So uh, I think you're right. You know, fans need to be patient. Uh, there's 153 more games yes. to go. Uh, we, we've played seven. Uh, you no, know, they we'll, can't do the 1931 thing. I no, know. They, they can't. And that's, and this is, the, this is yeah. what my thing is like, I, 
I 100% understand fans saying, look, we're always in early holes. Can we at least get a good start? This is different. Um, <laughs> it's, it's different. This is, yeah. this is just a different situation. Right. Um, and, you know, you, you get tired of hearing go 1-0 every day. We're taking things one game at a time. Um, but that's just kind of what the guys got to do right. at this point. You know, it's just what the, the hand they've been dealt. Uh, and they're look, I'm not, I'm not trying to make excuses for them. They've lost games that they could have won. They were very close in several of them. Uh, and they blew opportunities in, in a couple of games where they actually could have come out of the, those first two series, you know, two and two and four or three and right. three, uh, if, if they had played, you know, up to their potential, even with the guys that they had. So, uh, I'm not trying to make excuses for them, but you know, this is, it's a long season, uh, and, and they're just getting these guys back and, and from what we've seen so far, they're making an impact. Uh, and once yeah. they really get going, these guys, Josh Bell, man, I'm telling you, when, if you see him when he's at his best, and you know, he has one of those months where he hits 10 home runs in, in, in 25 games. I mean, it, it's, it's a sight to behold. And, you know, if the Nationals are getting guys on in front of him, uh, this lineup is going to look very, very good. Well, and he walked in that first game um, at a hit as well. And you could tell he's just a, a touch off swing under, you know, the timing was just a touch off swung, swung under a couple pitches and that, and that at bat where he struck out, you know, uh, I think he had, I'm afraid he had one or two strikeouts in that game, but you know, you could just tell the timing was off and that's a guy who had just had previously really good timing in spring training and it wasn't there. They've got a good opportunity to play a below average, I would say Diamondbacks team. And I do think the whole go one and no thing really is you know applicable to them because it's, it's the whole idea of, look, until you're at full strength, these games are going to take different shapes and forms. Like th there's going, you know, you might get a four home run Scherzer, you know, game where then he settles in, you know, and you got to be ready to score. You might get the six, you know, the six inning scoreless Joe Ross game or the game where Eric Fetty doesn't pitch horribly and keeps you in it. And you just kind of got to be ready to diagnose things each day. You know, it, there's going to be no our lineups overwhelming people every single day type deal. It's just not what's going to be, especially right now where everything gets acclimated but i do think this is an opportunity right here you know it's it's tough to look ahead but you just beat the cardinals in a series and they're on the back end of the seven game homestand diamondbacks for four the, the and i know we talked about you know you know uh looking at the records and you know not being able to get in too deep of a hole like this is your chance right here to to kind of make up that ground i've been saying all year i think the playoff spots for the, the national league are going to be decided by when the mets play the rockies and when the Braves play, you know, the Diamondbacks, not when the Braves play the Mets or when the Nats play the Mets, they're going to be decided on these, you know, series against these other teams. Like, can you take three or four at home? Right. Uh, you know, when you go to Miami, do you take two of three or do they, they, you know, they take two or three from you. These, in my opinion, are the series where you say, okay, uh, this is kind of what, what's going to separate people. And also, you know, there's, there's a saying, you know, you win 50, you lose 50. It's what you do with the other 62 that makes right. or breaks your season. Uh, you know, the, the, the early losses, you know, can come back to haunt you in the end if you lose, you know, division by a game or two or whatever. Uh, and this is going to be a tightly contested division for sure. But, you know, the Nationals need to take care of business, like you said. And, uh, you know, this, this is a Diamondbacks team that uh, is exploitable. The starting pitching has been up and down. Um, Zach Allen is, is back. He just made his first start back yesterday. So I believe he will actually pitch in the series finale, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. But he's really the only starter 
in the Diamondbacks rotation that really scares you. Madison right. Bumgarner has been getting shelled and Merrill Kelly has been up and down. Uh, so that, you know, there's definitely opportunity there for the national scores. Uh, they can absolutely play with this team and they're going to be at home with 25% capacity crowd. Uh, they got to be fired up about that. So, yeah. you know, if, if you're the nationals, you're feeling good about going this week, despite the record, you know, despite, you know, the start that they got off to, you, you win, uh, four or five games in a row, you're right back over 500. I mean, yeah. that's the reality of what it is. It's April and, you know, things like this happen. Yeah. And with that murderers row of a stretch, I mean, you just took two or three from, from the Cardinals on the road. So you, you got to feel good about that. A couple more things I want to get to Will Harris. What's the update on, on Will Harris, you know, in terms of timetable? Yeah. So the last we've heard uh, two days ago was uh, that he had not pitched off of a mound yet, but was doing some light tossing. Uh, I think by the end of the weekend, he will have thrown a bullpen uh, and the Nationals are going to be able to give a more firm timetable uh, on when he might return. That's going to be pretty significant for them getting Harris back. He's such a key part of that bullpen. And then John Lester. I know I know he's been through the pro- protocols and they said they want to make sure his arm was good to go, which I thought they should have done with everybody. But what do you think? What, what's the situation there? What, what do you think we're looking at uh, from what you've heard? Lester is at the alternate training site in Fredericksburg. He is going to pitch a, a sim game tomorrow where he's looking to throw between 45 and 50 pitches. Uh, and then the Nationals are going to kind of plan out from there when he might return to the rotation. I think there's two scenarios. One, they decide to bring him back in his next turn of the rotation, which would be when Fetty would be due up, uh, and then plan to pitch him around 75 to 80 pitches in that start and piggyback him with Fetty or somebody else. Or they give Fetty one more start uh, and let Lester work his way all the way back up. So then the, the turn after that, uh, Lester is then able to hop right in at full strength. So it's just going to kind of depend, I think, on how Fetty does. Because if Fetty, you know, falters again in this next start, we could very well see them want to bring back, back Lester sooner rather than later and just decide, okay, you know, we can just have Fetty ready to throw, right. you know, two innings to piggyback off Lester if needed. And then uh, one final, final thing I just wanted to ask you about watching Juan Soto in Dodger Stadium and watching him in uh, at Bush Stadium. Man, does he enjoy the negative energy from other people? I mean, he feeds off of it. Um, the booze that he got from the home runs in in Dodger Stadium was pretty significant. You could tell it's a little smile on his face as he was rounding the bases. And then he enjoyed doing the Soto shuffle today, uh, the last three days, I think you could say also, because the Cardinals fans, I think he knows, you know, there's a bit more of a stuffy fan base. So yeah. they, they don't love the uh, they don't they don't love stuff like that, especially after how well the Nationals did against them last time they were there. Um it just, I mean, the, I, I, we're out of ways to talk about this guy and how fun he is to watch, but it's, there seems to always be a new element or layer that just makes him more enjoyable. Um, and I mean, it's just been a joy so far to watch him play. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the funniest part to me was uh, today, just an example of what you're talking about. Um, he, he's battling Adam Wainwright. Uh, I believe it's his third at bat and he, he works it full and he gets that, that curve ball, that, that yeah. classic uncle Charlie curve that is just, you know, takes forever. It was 75 miles an hour. It took forever to get to the zone He finally gets there. And the, the pitch chart shows it's hitting right at the bottom of the zone. It'd be a strike three all day, but Soto waited and waited and waited. And then he ropes it out into the outfield should have been an RBI. That was when Turner got held up, but then the mm-hmm. ball got past the center fielder and they ended up charging the run to the air rather than giving Soto the RBI. Um, but it, it was just that instance right there. Then he comes after the game and he was asked about it in his post-game presser. Like, 
uh, did you feel like you were able to adjust to Wainwright's curveball, you know, in that bad bat? And he's like, there is no adjusting to Wainwright's curveball. <laughs> you know, I, I just sat on it until, until I felt like I could have a chance to hit it. You know, he, he's, he's very real. Um, he, he's, it's very cool to see him be very humble outside of baseball. Uh, but then when he's in the batter's box, he, he's one of the cockiest players, you know, on the field uh, because that's just his element. Uh, and it's, it's very cool to see him kind of just unlock that inside uh, animal that is, is Juan Soto, the hitter, because it's fearsome, uh, it, it's cocky, and it, it, it gets, you know, it produces results. Well, and also, too, I, you know, it just shows the growth, because I think he was sitting on that curveball earlier in the game when he struck out. I mean, I think Wainwright gave him a fastball out, outer half. Like, I think it was just you know, kind of low outside corner, nailed it, and Juan kind of looked surprised. I thought he was sitting curveball there. And then I think the second time around, he was like, okay, he's going to, he's going to do it this time. He's going to do gonna, it. He's going to give me the curveball, <laughs> And he was, and he was ready for it. And so, you know, just kind of sticking to his instincts and his guns in that situation, you know, you know, not saying, okay, it's going to be back, you know, fastball. That's what I'm looking this time. And he goes, the breaking ball that just kind of shows you, you know, while there's all this, all this other exterior stuff, the guy's just such a damn good hitter. Yeah. And I, that's, that's, the, that's the part that's cool to see stuff like that. And it's just the, the approach. I mean, yeah. you know, we, we saw with, with guys like Bryce Harper and Ronald Acuna over the years who, you know, just have uh, amazingly quick reflexes and, you know, the, the sheer power behind uh, their swing. It's violent. It, you know, it demolishes anything in his path. Soto is so calculated, you yes. know, and when, when he hits a home run, I mean, it'll go just as far as anybody, but that's because he times it so well squared it up so well so and knew exactly where it was going to be i have an idea on this so do you think i really believe that anthony rendon like have him being behind him i think it helped him learn this because did anthony rendon ever get cheated like the guy never got cheated in the bats and i think that's one thing about anthony rendon is like he never looked like the greatest athlete never the most twitchy guy but he was just so calculated and just knew when certain stuff was coming i always felt like that was such a great benefit for one to have a guy like that right in front of him and I think you're right. And I think it's also just the, the clubhouse that he was brought into, yes. especially post Harper. Uh, it's just relaxed. The, right. this, the vibe of the nationals is we're a bunch of veterans who, you know, have done this for a long time. We come in, we do our work uh, and we know what to expect. And, you know, Soto to be, I don't want to say raised, but, you know, brought into MLB in that environment can be very helpful for a young player, especially one with the maturity uh, level of Soto that he's had at such a young age. You know, for him to just see all of these guys putting that example, showing them, okay, like, you know, this is, this is what you do. You don't need to, to worry about, you know, all this external stuff. You don't need to be freaking out uh, every time you're up to the plate, you know, just go in there and do your thing. I think that's great for him. And, and, and Rendon, a perfect example of that. I do think he made up for it with some of the quickest hands in baseball True, uh, yes. that, that definitely helped him uh, yes. in, in some ways, but uh, you're right. The, the relaxed approach from Rendon, it's evident that it, there, there's a part of that in Soto as well. Uh, Matt, where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? Yeah, you can uh, check me out on Twitter where I post all my links and, and talk baseball. Uh, and also all of my stories will be on NBCSportsWashington.com. All right, Matt Weirich of NBC Sports Washington. We always appreciate your time. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, Josh. All right, that will do it for today's show. A couple notes here. First, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Secondly, I will be doing a uh, locker room tomorrow 
with Dan Wilson of Locked On Phillies at 6.30 Eastern time. So I said it was going to be 11 tomorrow, or 1 tomorrow, but we're going to push that back, do a joint one tomorrow afternoon slash evening at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So download the Locker Room app and join us then. And once again, friends, until next time, please stay safe.